My name is Aaron McManus, and welcome to the Battle Ready Podcast. I'm here with my dad. Good morning. It's good to see you. Um, it's it's cold in LA today. I'm it bundled up. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, we were not supposed to be in the country today. No, we were supposed to be out of the country, and a lot of stuff has happened, good and bad. And I think it's good for us that we stayed in town. We were going to shoot some rogue episodes. Um, Brian, our producer, had packed us like a bag full of stuff to take on the road with us, and I was a little nervous. But, but we're here back home in LA, and it's autumn, which I love, and we cannot go any further without congratulating. Joe Biden yes. and Kamala Harris yes. for their president victory. And vice president. And we do want to celebrate that for the first time in U.S. history, we will have a woman who's both of, of black descent and um, South Asian descent as uh, an executive branch representative as vice president of the United States. It is an exciting, I say an exciting day, but it, it's been an exciting week. Mm-hmm. A little too exciting. <laughs> <laughs> like I said this in the last episode, and I've like people are coming at me for the, for the Trump comment, which is so interesting to me because I was very clear about how I felt about our current president. Yeah, someone's like, you know, your boy lost, he was never your boy. I you said, never, my boy? Said, you never liked him. So. I said, what do you, did you listen past the one moment? Yeah, they haven't watched all your rants for the last three years in our house of how much you despise did, the things you said and did. But, but, I, but like to that to say, I did think he would be a better president. With that said, congr- mostly because no, no. You're, with that said, congratulations, yeah. okay. President Joe Biden. Well, is it? It's unofficial until President January. elect, President elect Joe Biden, and President and, and Vice President, Vice elect, President elect Kamala, Kamala Harris. Harris. And I have put her name everywhere because I'm going to make sure that that I, for the next four years I get that name right because it's important. And if I could just give away my one little political shout out, Uh-oh. because I know we Uh-oh. don't want to be political every single uh, podcast. No, no, no. no. And uh, Republican Party, you've had over 100 years to get this thing right. Yeah, do better. Every single time you nominate a president and vice president, it's always pretty much an old white guy. Uh, And another old white guy. And could you see that the world has changed and find some exceptional uh, black, Latin, Asian men and women, women and men, and begin to represent America rather than just a very thin slice of the Republican Party? So that's my little piece right there. It's a little piece, but it's a big piece. It's good. It's good. It should be said. It should be said. No, no, you want to go for it? No, just go ahead. I do find it interesting, though, that people were subtly trying to throw me shade or try to, like, educate me on how important this is for for the black community, black families, and just America. One, how I think does not affect how we should relate. Two, you should not trust me less because I'm open-minded to other things. Three, I, that guy is not my guy, so I, I don't know how many times I gotta say it. But I am more. But like, I think I was talking. I was talking to one of my good friends, Mac, yesterday, and we were talking about how you can be conservative, but also be um, l- like more liberal mm-hmm. with human rights. Yeah, I was talking. But to there a, is no represent. Like, there's no, no third no party to represent us. So it's yeah. like it's tough when you have to mix and match your politics. Yeah, I was talking to a businessman yesterday who's an immigrant. Yes, n- uh, not um, white. For, you know, in that sense, no, European. Brazilian. And his family is very liberal. And I could tell, and he said, I am an economic conservative. And um, and and one of the things that I, I just came to grips with was I felt like that um, Donald Trump did not represent a lot of people's policies. He held ransom a lot of people's policies. And, and people who really believe in um, 
healthy economic strategies or philosophies or believe in a free market system and a meritocracy or other dynamics that they believe actually enhances the culture and gives everyone an opportunity. Um, they, they were, in, in many ways, they felt handcuffed to a person who did not represent them in their in character and approach and essence. Yes. So we should move on. Well, Let's we'll move come on. back to this along the way. But well, well no, no, I think it segues into to what we we were shooting uh, the first few episodes of McManus on the Hillsong channel. Mm. Oh, that's right. This last Friday, which was really exciting. Yes. And shout out to Steve Kosh. Can I give a little to, back back behind the scenes? Um, shout out to Ben. What? A little behind the scenes kind of secret. Sure. We shot. One version in case Trump won. Yep. We shot one version in case Biden <laughs> no won. Yep. Way. And we shot one version in case we didn't know who won. Yeah, we were like, well, if the, if the whole world is still up in the air, we is our up in the air episode. It was really, that was really funny. But I just shout out to the team over there, amazing people. Check out the um, the episodes at hillsongchannel.com. You can mm -hmm. also subscribe to their app. Um, we They've always been really supportive of us. We yeah, want to make sure we're really supportive of them. I posted their, their post of... Uh, the, what they post on Hillsong channel of like me and you. It's like a cool little like commercial we did at the end. <laughs> and I said, battle ready family, let's show Hillsong channel like what we're about. There was like a hundred comments. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love and that. It was just super cool. Well, we have like the best community on this podcast. We you have, have incredible a small people. army. Small army. And we've grown 3,000 people in the last two weeks. Wow. What? 3,000 people. Which like for some people I'm sure is like nothing. For us is huge. That is, it's, no, for it's us huge. that's fantastic. So if you're it's listening, amazing. if your mom's listening, if your dad's listening, if your grandpa's listening, if you're Son is listening, daughter's listening, whatever. We're so grateful for you checking this out each and every week. There's a whole team that works on this really hard, and it's important for us, important to us. This should segue into losing with honor. And maybe winning with uh, with dignity. <laughs> winning with humility. Oh, that's right. Winning with but humility. I don't that's feel, so good. I don't, feel like, I don't feel like Joe Biden or Kamala Harris have won with anything other than humility. Have they even come out? They haven't really come they, out. They have, but they've done it really, really well. Uh, yeah, there. He had a. Did like, he have? Yeah, yeah no, he came, speech. Yeah, he had but a was speech, it, a press conference. Was it was it that night though? Because I fell asleep at like eleven. Uh, yeah, it was a Saturday night. He came out and did a a full speak to the speech to the American people from Delaware. Yeah, yeah, like two days ago. Two days ago, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and I didn't get to see that. And I I, I feel like he handled things uh, incredibly graciously, really, really well. And I think uh, Kamala has as well too. And I just want to uh, applaud them for winning with humility. Yeah. And at the same time, I want to encourage uh, all of our friends who feel like they've lost to lose with honor. Yes. And those are two. Those are the two best expressions of our character on a on a cultural level. You had the weekend to feel frustrated either way, <laughs> and now you were good. Like it, we're we're all Americans, and yeah. we're gonna keep or not all of us, but I'm saying that like the ones who are Americans, we are Americans. We will move forward, and we will make things better. I do think there needs to be some things that change. Like, can we update how we vote? It's, it shouldn't be different by county, by by state. It should. If you can, if you can vote accurately on an Instagram poll, <laughs> we should be able to figure this out right. when we have some of the greatest minds in our country, and then we have the greatest minds in the world, and we have access to them. Yeah. So, Dems, you have someone four help years, our country. You have four years to give us a, a really effective way to vote for the 
national elections. Well, I heard if we take the vaccine, yeah. there's going to be a microchip in there. We could probably vote through that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. Hey, if, Aaron, you, you're gonna if you don't have to do anything, then <laughs> maybe it may sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> I don't want to sign up for any microchip. Just I'm good. Good. I don't, I don't want to spread conspiracy well, theories. This is, the, this is the funny thing is that like we, we talk like this is not this is conspiracy. This is one minute of conspiracy theory. So just set the timer. It, like we whether we like it or not the phone the apple watch all our little gadgets we are microchipped yeah we really are. whether it's inside or outside so like it is inevitable right that we will at some point have some type of technology embedded in us sure we will become cyborgs i think that's uh an inescapable reality but i mean my phone is almost never more than five inches away from me so what's the difference between this and a microchip? Yeah, it's just we're external cyborgs. Yeah, external. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and and it's also um, our choice. We we bring it everywhere we are. We give it all the information that uh, we have. Yeah, I was I I was like going deep on some like Apple Mac rumor blog that talks about like how to protect your privacy and like what settings to go through. And I was like just looking at the settings and being like how much information it actually asks you if you're willing to give away. But auto says yes until you say no. It's very interesting. Yeah, I'd like somebody to set my phone to say stay out of my life. <laughs> That's what I wanted yeah, to say. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you make me nervous. Sometimes you know where I am and you know what I've done because you, you have, have access to my phone. I have no, I have access to your location. So you, you have always, access to, you have access to my location too. So you always know where I am. I can check where you are. <laughs> but it but it makes it I think the reason why I put it on was because you had lost your phone at one point mm -hmm. and and then I put it on just to make sure that I know where your phone is. But also it's like you you can see my location, you know where I am. I have no it, idea how to do that. <laughs> it's sweet. I genuinely don't check it ever. I think it's nice to know when, like, you're traveling or mm -hmm. when, you know, you have people that you love. There's, I have, like, two or three friends that I share locations with, and it's, like, funny because it'll be, like, where are you? I'm, like, that is the last question you have to ask. Well, there you if go. If you're wondering where I am, <laughs> just look at my location. It's common now courtesy. You, and, and now you know how transparent my life is. <laughs> yeah, you – well, the funny thing is, like, you're, <laughs> so many people have access to your Instagram <laughs> – I, so you I have access to your, your Twitter. I have almost no secrets or no privacy. You have no like. You have there's three people who have access to your emails. You have nothing se secret, which is funny. Which is funny because you're because <laughs> you're like very big on just like you know you need your own time to be introverted yeah. and then but like the time I'm I'm at your look I know where your location is <laughs> we, are, we are listening. Um, All right. So we wanted to go for lose with honor. We we've done that. We what do you want to talk about today? Wow, well, we were just bringing up a couple of different subjects a minute ago. We were, and I'm not entirely sure where we landed, Brian. Do you remember? Exactly. Ugh. We just the, pulled into the world we got of politics. Pull, we got pulled into the world of politics. I, I mean, I think there's so much going on in the we world. We said we weren't going to talk about this. But we have talked about it, and we are talking about we it, are. because I think it's really important. Oh, wait. And, yeah, wasn't it like, well, it was, we were, it was on the vein of how to think. Oh, it was about the conference. Conference. Oh, yeah. We just finished our Mosaic Conference. That's what we want to talk about. We did. And I will say thank you. Thank you as well, Brian. And also shout out to yeah, Austin St. John. Shout out to Nicole Lewis. Shout out to Nick Kim. Shout out to Tess Roy. Who else should we shout out to Bri Bryce Rynez for building the sets? Shout out to Adon for being there and building the sets. Who shout else? out to Aaron McManus. Thank you. But I honestly, like, I had very little to do with 
Since our second, our third conference, mm-hmm. the team really shout out to Amy Davidson for coordinating. Shout out to Jordy for for helping with like all of the relationship mm-hmm. stuff. Elisa Duran. I just think we have such an incredible team. And each conference where I get to like enjoy it and not be in every single thing. I was a part of the production, but not as necessarily part of the finishing. Just really exciting to watch our team thrive and be like, we reached more people at this conference than we have at any of our other conferences. Wow. Which is kind of awesome. It is awesome. It's awesome when the people who take over for you make it better. And even though I think we may have had more response that I saw on the section on communication. Mm. I saw a lot of response on the section on communication. I was talking about moving through different layers of frequency. Was that the, f- was, that was a, the third that was, that session, was a, third session. Leadership, uh, creativity, then communication. But also shout out to Haven Wheats for laying a foundation of, like she's kind of the one who taught us how to do the conference. Or like, not you, but me. Yeah. And anyways, okay. Uh, that, c- but, communication. But some of the um, direct like input or feedback was around the section on leadership when we were talking about wisdom. Mm. And we were specifically dealing with two aspects of wisdom between contact tracing and pattern recognition. Yes, which I thought was really interesting for me to watch because I had watched you do it initially. I've watched you talk about this before when we were kind of like talking about the process of what we should be talking about. And then to be in a room with, with I watched it with four or five other people. And I, that was one thing that was really cool with conference was, you know, you missed the kind of the hustle and the, the buzz of thousands of people being in the same room. And then get everyone getting checked in, everyone getting to the first session, and then it's like lights off, everything's on. And there's that moment. This was different. It was like, hey, good morning. We're all getting coffees. We're all like in our sweatpants and we're showing up. And like me and Tess are on our computers and we're like FaceTime with Austin and Nicole. And Austin, I think, pretty much slept here for two days. So he, I was like, bro, you're here way too early. And he, I was like, have you seen your wife? And he's like, my wife knows she... I love her. <laughs> I was like, we love you, Crystal, so much. But but it was different because you knew that there was pods all across the world watching conference together, and that was really cool. That is so cool. Oh, by the way, I see you're wearing our conference merch home team. I am. I know it was only for sale for 48 hours. Is it still available? It's, it's, uh, uh, I think it's still up there, but we'll probably do another drop with it. In a, in, a, in a week or two. It was pre-ordered because kind of with COVID and like factories, we didn't want to give like an exact time. So same with our Battle Ready podcast stuff, like it's pre-ordered six to eight weeks. And the reason is because factories and everything's backed up. So we want to make sure we get plenty of time to get there. Anyways, the, awesome. the merch stuff was amazing, right? So, so good. All right, let's deal with the, the concepts. I'm like one of those guys getting an Oscar, thanking everyone. <laughs> Turn the orchestra on, the symphony. Contact tracing. One, a brilliant parallel metaphor to what is going on in the world with COVID and the virus and this idea that like we have to make sure everyone has our information at all times just in case someone gets sick and we can contact trace and let you know that you were exposed to something that was going on in the atmosphere the environment that you were in but you kind of brought a new take on it can you kind of give it in 30 seconds yeah I just thought it was interesting when I kept hearing um the CDC and others talking about contact tracing and and trying to track back all the contacts you've had, all the relationships you're in, all the places you've been, to be able to trace everyone who might have contact uh, with someone who has the virus, and then also be able to trace it back to where the infection began, and uh, which will be really interesting to see if there's any contact tracing done this week with all the celebration mm-hmm. of the uh, 
of the election. Well, I do and find that like it's just the it's just funny because there's an app citizen that a lot of us use in LA because it yeah. lets you know if like there's a shooting outside your house, which at my house there is a lot, and it was like, you know, Biden Harris win, Biden Harris win, Biden Harris win, and I was like. It's so funny because when it was the other stuff, it was like, stay inside, COVID, stay inside. <laughs> and then like a day later, it was the highest reported amount of COVID <laughs> due to probably the celebration. And it's harder to trace. Citizen, Citizen said that. Oh, okay. He like said both sides of it. So I was like, okay. okay. Yeah. I've had so many people send me photographs of two different crowds and two different media mm-hmm. responses. And yeah. But the whole point is not that. The whole point of this is that when you're in a crowd, it's harder to contact trace. Oh, impossible almost. Because then you don't know really what brought the infection into that large crowd. Um, it takes a lot more work. And it's the same way in your decision making process that when you make a life, damaging decision. Um, And when you make it one time, you have the ability to look backwards and ask yourself, okay, how did I get here? Because one of the interesting questions people ask all the time is, how did this happen to me? And it seems like when we have our best, our, our, our worst consequences, when we have the result of our worst decisions, we have no idea how we got there. And so that almost is a universal question. How did I get here? How did this happen to me? And I and what I'm saying is it's really important to break that down and do contract tracing through your decision-making process. Work your way backwards to figure out when you made the decision where the momentum of this consequence became irreversible. Because there was somewhere along the way where it was, it was completely rever- reversible if you'd made a different decision. I'm always surprised when people go or say this thing of, how did I get here? You've said this my whole life. I think you have, a, you have a talk that you use this kind of thing about like, mm-hmm. how did I get you here? And you're like, no, I, I don't think you're, that's the right question. I think you were there. I think you know <laughs> how you got there. But I do think it is interesting because me and Eric were, I was watching with Eric Roy, one of my best friends, and, and we were making fun of each other when you were saying it because we have this ability, one, to just speak into each other's lives but also be funny about it. And it brought up a really great discussion with our group after conference. And I think that was something that's, that was unique about this conference, that it was every session was like a breakout session because we weren't necessarily able to ask questions, mm-hmm. but we were able to ask each other questions about how this affected us. So me and Eric got to talk about times in our lives where we felt that was the moment where I started making bad decisions or you know maybe it's relationships, work life, jobs we shouldn't take, things we should say no to. And then we realize, how did we get here? And then we kind of trace it back to being like, no, this was the thing that got me to this place down the line. Right. But you talk about it, and it's a great realization. But there's also the crowd effect when you were dealing with the crowd issue okay. a minute ago, that um, if you get around a group of people who are all making bad decisions, you have a higher likelihood to make a bad decision. Okay. If you get around a group of people who are making good decisions, you have a higher likelihood to make good decisions. Right. That makes so, sense. So if you still don't have a fully formed uh, internal narrative called character, mm. then the the decision that, that chooses your outcome is actually which crowd you get infected by. Yes. Yes. No, I agree. I mean, I think there was something that someone taught me one time is like, show me your five best friends and I'll mm-hmm. show you your future. And I think yep. it's a catchy thing people say, but there is kind of like some truth to that. You you can look at people, compartmentalize their relationships and put people in different boxes. I've done it. I think everyone does it at one point in their life. You have your college friends, you have your high school friends, you have your church friends, you have your work friends, you have your family friends, you have your back home friends, you have your new city friends. And it can get kind of confusing to, to to yourself of who I am in every room. 
And one thing with character that you've taught me is like, can you be the same person in every room? That's when you know your character is stronger than other people's influence on your life. Yeah. There is always struggles. Right. But I also uh, think in terms of decision-making process, we we have a pattern of lying to ourselves, of deceiving ourselves by convincing ourselves, oh, this time is different. What do you I, mean this time is different? With I'm, our decision-making? I'm, yeah, I'm going to make this bad choice, but this time I'm not going to let it go all the way to that destructive choice. But I'm just going to ride close enough to the line of bad choice so uh, without actually end up with bad consequence. Right. And usually if you get close to the line, you fall over to the other side. I do think, though, I, there is like a huge... We, we talk about contact tracing and we talk about knowing when you made the bad decisions. I think it's mostly like looking up going like, is your life in shambles? Because mm-hmm. I think you can make a bad decision and come back from it. We've yes, seen that. Yes, of course you can. But I do think that, that there are a lot of places in our world that do not allow the comeback. <laughs> right? And not to say that everyone should come back to the thing they were at before, but I do think that 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 we can become a very judgy species. And and I think you saw it with COVID. Neighbors were outing each other. Even like, I think, do you see the thing about Chris Como getting a haircut over the weekend? He, he was in a barbershop well, with no mask, mask on. on. And then his neighbors oh, yeah. were like ripping on him. I mean, that happened with Nancy Pelosi, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Did. The Como one is like, like maybe worse because it, like he did it right in front of a okay. window at a storefront. Like but, you're you're you in New York, saying? my guy. You know what's worse than Chris Como not wearing a mask, getting a haircut? Because mm. you do get like elitist privilege when you're elitist. The, to me, the worst thing is the person who took the photograph. Mm. Because and I know sure I know that was a conservative taking a picture going ah here's a liberal. No, I don't think so because there's people in his building that were like narking on him saying (laughs) like he he refuses to wear it in his lobby he refuses to wear in the elevator in the hallway. Right, but I'm just I'm less nervous about Chris not wearing a mask than I am about America being the Gestapo. Yes. Over all of each other. Let, let, I let the he believes he believes he's he's on the other team for me. And let him live his life. It was also, it was him in his barbershop. Also, you live in the same building. There is, in New York, there is no way you're getting around the fact that, like, you live in the same building. You are contaminated with each other. Yeah. yeah. But but the point of it, what you're saying, is that we can become a, or what I was saying is we can become a judgmental society where we just refuse to let people figure things out. And that's where I just get annoyed with the contract tracing thing. But you also had a second half to it. You had a second part to it. I was talking about pattern recognition. Yes, and that I think is the most important. And, thing. and by the way, I don't want to just make a negative. You can do contract tracing to positive outcomes too. Yeah. When you end up in your best moments, when you end up in your best relationships, when you end up in the best version of yourself, you should actually do contract tracing backwards going, hey, how did I get to such a good place? How did I right. get to such a good outcome? And you can actually begin to build patterns, uh, which leads us to pattern recognition, patterns of of um, exceptional behavior, exceptional outcome. And, and I've done both of those in my life. Whenever I fail, I always do contact tracing backwards to go, what got me here? Whenever I succeed, I do contact tracing going, okay, what decisions helped me get here? And that allows me to add to my muscle memory, my intellectual muscle memory, mm. um, information that I can use going forward. And which leads me to pattern recognition, right? And, and one of the things that I've seen in leaders, because when you break down leadership, it's it's so fascinating to me when years ago I, I um, 
I, I think I worked as a senior scientist for Gallup and you and think or you did? I did. <laughs> I wasn't sure no. if you had projected it. No, I did. And um, um, if you're not familiar with Gallup, they did the Gallup polls. They also run an incredible personality test that kind of predicated the Enneagram called the Strength Finders. Right. And one of the things that was learned over a lot of research was that uh, great leaders, heads of corporations, companies, uh, organizations, churches did not have consistent um, strengths. Uh, like they they might have had futuristic or they might have had focus or they might have had restorative, all these different identifications of strengths. Yeah. But what they did find is that every person who was an effective leader knew their strengths and worked from their strengths. And one of the things that I've seen over a lifetime in leadership is leaders can be really, really different. I mean, they can express themselves from the Steve Ballmer, super outgoing, um, you know, high energy to the Bill Gates uh, more introverted and thoughtful. But the consistent thing in leadership that I've seen is that great leaders are really good at pattern recognition. Mm. They recognize patterns in people. They recognize patterns in organizations. They recognize patterns in culture. And they're able to capitalize on those patterns. It's, it's why they're able to identify the right people for the right job. It's why they're able to build um, a, a healthy, um, resilient culture. And it's why they're also able to capitalize on the economic turbulence of the world around them because they begin to see patterns. It's interesting because we were talking about, you talked about this in your talk at conference about how I kind of grew up going to meetings with you and I would sit down and I would on a notepad break down the room, personality types, like dominant figures, passive figures, people who did not want to be there, people who wanted to be there. And I would make lists on my little notepad of like every single person in the room and the dynamics. You taught me at a young age understanding the patterns in the room will help you understand whether you win the room or lose the room or have influence of the room or you're influenced by the room or which way the room will teeter. And you were doing this in boardrooms, you were doing this staffs, you're doing this church, you're doing this in the business world. And so getting to grow up watching that, I think I'm able to pick up on things well, I lack self-awareness in lots of areas, but I think with patterns and watching other people, I'm able to see things in other people, and yet I'm so blind to the things that I do. <laughs> what is with that? Like, do I need to, <laughs> you know, like I, I can I can, I can, can just kind of give these excuses, be like, okay, yeah, but it's your life, you figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm an impulsive person, so when I make mistakes, it's oftentimes impulsively, and then I'm so quick to respond and be like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. What, how do you control your impulses and your emotions if maybe when you're losing logic or character in those moments? Like, how do you be a better person? Well, it's interesting because I or think... Identif- uh, say this more intelligently. How do you identify your own patterns of destruction, yeah. destructive nature? There, there are three significant approaches toward flight, which I would make as a parallel to leadership. There's the eagle that has the big picture, big vision, can see expansive regions. There's the hawk that can see the mouse running through the field and they're highly focused and highly intentional. But there's the bat. And bats are the only ones that fly based on feedback. 
And so they can fly in the dark with poor eyesight. They send out this sound, and the sound hits the walls. It comes back, gives them feedback, and they're able to fly frenetically without ever hitting the walls because of feedback. And I think the challenge with self-awareness is self-awareness comes completely based on feedback. The only way you can really know who you are is by how other people interact to you. You can't say, um, you know, I'm really sensitive when everyone around you feels you're insensitive. You can't say that you're really uh, kind if the people around you feel like you're really harsh. You can't say that you're really uh, insightful if everyone around you feels like you don't get it. And, and so what's happened is the more we moved out of community, the less we have feedback mechanisms. So when we live isolated lives, the only perception we have of ourselves is our inner perception of ourselves. And so if I feel like I'm being patient, but then you're saying, hey, dad, you're really impatient. And then Mariah comes, hey, dad, you're really impatient. And my wife, Kim, comes says, hey, honey, you're really impatient. But I feel really patient. Then I am not paying attention to the feedback mechanisms that are giving me a different picture of myself. It's interesting because you talk about the three tiers of flight, but mm -hmm. I think the eagle's tendency is to have almost no self-awareness. People with great vision do not always have great internal perception. That's what I'm saying. They, there's no feedback mechanism. There's strength at each approach toward vision. And so the person with vision, you know, he can see the big picture, but he's so detached from people. And the hawk is so focused. I can see the, the, the little hamster running through the field, but they're so focused that they're blind to everything else around them. And then the, the bat um, it run is flying basically completely on feedback mechanisms. And, and so I like using those three. That one makes me the most nervous when people are like that, <laughs> to be honest. Because I feel like there's a lot of people who come back and like, well, this person said this. And I'm like, I don't care what that person right, said. Right, but they're not leading. That they're, they're concerned about what other people think as opposed to um, using feedback mechanisms to know who they are. We're yeah. talking about self-awareness here. No, I know, but I'm saying, yeah. but, uh, but also it's leadership types. It's leadership types. I think there's lots of people who lead like that. They They're not own... asking other bats for opinion. They're, the, the, the sonar is going out to where the walls are so they can actually move through the dark effectively. Okay, you lost me on that one. <laughs> I'm with you. I agree. Sorry, my metaphor is a little too... And, um, no, 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 no it nuanced. works. I think it's really helpful, but I think I'm just trying to apply it into leadership and how we can, how we can lead ourselves and how we can connect, collect feedback, but then also how we can fly within that and do we become a, leak, a weak leader when all we do is rely on other people's response or do we become a strong leader when we're constantly checking in to make sure what other people think? Remember, leadership is all about people's response because you're trying to move people in a certain direction. And so it doesn't mean that that leadership is about uh, conforming to everyone else's opinion, but it, but it is an awareness of what you're saying and how you're saying it and how it's affecting other people. Hmm. And so it, if you're, uh, let's say there's a fire and you're screaming fire and everyone's panicking and going in no direction, that's not leadership. You have brought clarity to the room <laughs> and you've created movement, but you're not leader leading. Yeah. But if you say... Uh, if you say everybody run to the exit, but no one feels motivated to run to the exit because they're going, why should I, the football game's on? I'm going to watch the football game. You're not leading either, even though you are actually trying to give people direction. I do have an interesting. It's a combination. You have to convince them there's a fire, and you have to get them to the exit. I do have an interesting <laughs> story about fires in that same situation happening. I was with uh, a 
two friends. We were, you were in another car, and we were driving from Vancouver to Kelowna, Canada. We were going to go up and shoot this documentary and interview this like world-renowned artist that was living up there in the winter. And we were driving. It's like a five-hour drive. For some reason, I let the one guy who had just gotten his license, but he was older than me. So I just thought like, okay, I was 24 or something and he was older. So I was like, you should be the one driving. And then I didn't realize that he was from New York and he actually just had gotten his license like six (laughs) months before. But we're driving to Kelowna. We get into the town and there's a series of things that happened that were pretty crazy. And then we're driving over this bridge going into the city. And all of a sudden we see this house on fire. And, and you knew this because you had, you had already gone to the hotel we were staying with with like half the team and you were like, where are you guys? And we're like, <laughs> we had a breakdown, like all this stuff happened. So we we raced to the fire. We're cutting through this like suburb, this neighborhood on this like lake and all of these people are standing around this house just engulfed in flames. And to the point where, and we were like, are there people in there? Like, no, but no one was checking. They were all just oh. like calling on their phones, 911, and fire trucks, or I don't know what is what's 911 in Canada. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever <laughs> the equivalent of, <laughs> we, call, we call it the firefighters. So we run in to the house, and we see this elderly couple trying to get down the stairs. So we break into the house. We help them down. We help them out. And all of a sudden, all these people are going, oh, my gosh, there were people in the house. And I'm like, we drove 15 <laughs> minutes to get to this house. And you guys were standing here the whole time. And I often wonder, like, are we the people that run in? Or are we the people that stand outside and watch and yell fire? Well, you are definitely the person who runs in. Of course. <laughs> Why well, would, yeah, I think those are the moments. Yeah, those are the moments that I live for. I love chaos. Well, it's more than chaos. It's crisis. I, I when yeah. when I think in ca- in crisis, everything for me gets quiet, mm-hmm. and I, I, that's where I'm like the best. Mm-hmm. When there's not crisis, but I by have the to way, cause crisis. That's, that's a great issue. feedback mechanism because how you act and react in crisis lets you know more about yourself than what you do when everything is calm and peaceful, and that becomes a significant part of the feedback mechanism in our lives. We don't want to go into more detail necessarily. We just want to give you a small taste of what happened at conference because we, if you missed it, maybe you'll pick up the next one. But I do think that in pattern recognition, um, there may be no more significant leadership competency than recognizing patterns in people because then you get to see, you get to see early on the, the people who have destructive patterns, those who have ab- absolutely constructive patterns and are going to build a better future. And you can also see patterns in yourself. You can realize, oh, wow, I've made this decision leading to this outcome four or five times before, and I need to change that pattern. And here's the key. A lot of people talk about your choices, but your choices are not more powerful than your patterns. So when you make a choice, you're beginning to establish a pattern, but a pattern is far more powerful than a choice. So if you make one choice to change your life, but you have all these patterns that are defining your life, it won't change your life. You have to keep making choices until you establish a pattern that is more powerful than the patterns you're trying to break. That's amazing. So what I hear you saying is, if you're unaware, or no, all of us need to have people in our lives to help us identify the patterns. So what's a question that someone can ask? Like, what is a question that I can go to three people in my life and go, what do you see in me? Yes, I would say, what have you seen me do three or four times that is consistent to a pattern in my life, either positive, both positive and negative. Hmm. And ask them, what are, and, and, and then you won't believe them, so you'll say, give me the examples. <laughs> so I say, so I said, if you can give me 
one or two examples that would help be helpful to me so I could begin to see that pattern in my life. It's the worst when they're like so ready with the examples. Like, but then you're like, okay, like Wednesday. They've been waiting for a long like time. Yeah. I do think those, are, if you can find real friends who give you critique, I was actually on a FaceTime with one of my good mm-hmm. friends, McLaren Lewis, who's in London. And he, and he sends me a really kind text and then follows it with a FaceTime. And he says, hey, I just watched your, your message from two weeks ago. Or I don't even know how long ago it was. And um, like, congrats. And it was awesome. And I'm so proud of you. And then, he, and then we jump on the FaceTime. He's like, hey, can I give you a little bit of advice? Can I give you? And I said, yes, I would love for critique. Mm-hmm. This is someone who's been friends with me for years. Yeah. And he says, you're not talking to thousands of people in the room. You're talking to a camera where there's thousands of people watching in their room. Don't yell the whole time. <laughs> And it was interesting because because he he pre, he he prefaced it with, "This is something I do, and I'm not very good at adjusting." <laughs> and I didn't. I kept telling him like, "Just tell me. Just like I trust you. Yeah. Just tell me. If if you say it, then I'll mm-hmm. listen." But there's three or four years of friendship. Yeah. That we go back, and if if he were to, if it was a new, I think sometimes we have new people in our lives, and they're like, "Let me give you all these things." Oh, they all want to give you input, yeah. Yeah, but then the other thing is, okay, so 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 we go to these people, we ask them this question, and then how can we help establish a better pattern? How do we change it? Because you said one choice doesn't break the pattern. Is it? Do you have to schedule a series of choices to help establish a pattern? Well, one thing is, uh, here's a pattern recognition. Okay, if your friends give you examples really fast and right away. It means that one of the patterns of your life is that you're not open to input. Yeah. Because they've been wanting to give you that input, but they didn't feel like they could. And if you have friends who just go like, no, you're great. They're they're not telling you the truth. They're not the friends that are going to help you establish new patterns. Yeah, they may be friends, but they're not going to help you get better. Yeah, and that's a tough thing because I ask this to a lot of people, especially in LA, where you can have a lot of loose relationships where like people aren't necessarily close, mm-hmm. but we hang out a lot. Um, I, I, I always ask people, like, do you have people who tell you the truth? And I think people are very confused by that. Mm-hmm. But like, I was very confused by that until I had people who would go, no, no, like you, like when you did this, it wasn't good. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that was hard for you is that you had so many people who just wanted to give you negative input all the time growing up. Yes, of course. And so you finally yeah. just said, I'm just done with input because it's always negative. And what I would say it's is- It's a that, scary place to go because you go into an island where yeah. all you can do is hurt people and no one can help you help people. Yeah. And so what yourself. I would say, it's really important to give people- a positive feedback before you give them negative feedback. And uh, and so someone asks you to give them patterns, always being with a positive, give them positive. Like I showed someone something I was working on yesterday, and the first thing I did was say something negative. And it didn't really encourage me to keep showing them uh, because, you know, um, we all want some positive feedback before we get negative feedback. I am that person, way. though. I'm that person. <laughs> I am especially that person with people I'm really comfortable with, and that's like not a, not an okay thing. I think that's a pattern I've got to work on, where I'm negative first, and then I'm and then I backpedal by being positive, but I've already <laughs> like hurt the person, mm-hmm. or or just squandered my opinion. Right. And I think having those moments where you go, can you help me understand what you're trying to do here? What are you trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Like I, I think I've learned that of like what what like what am I looking at? Like help me understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. And then, because I walked in yesterday and you're like, hey, what about this piece for this new project? And I was like, I don't like it. I don't think it'll move. You shouldn't, how many did you buy? You shouldn't buy this many. You can't sell it. You can't move it. And I started being like the most negative and I was having a great day. Like I I was a little tired, but like there was nothing wrong. And then I realized and I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? And even today you brought it up and I was like, he doesn't know. He's an artist. I was dismissing 
And it, it, I think, you know, I, I, if, if you know, that, especially like for eights on the Enneagram or, or, or people who are super direct and super strong, you need to like lead with an encouragement. Hey, this looks amazing. Hey, you look amazing. Something I love about you is this. So you just recognize the pattern. And by the way, it's one of the reasons people like things like the Enneagram or the Strength Finder or the Myers-Briggs or any kind of personality assessment is because most people are blind to their personal patterns. So the moment they see it in some kind of indicator, it helps them. One, it, everybody likes to learn things about themselves usually. And so yeah. it helps them go, oh, look, this is the awesome side of me. But it also helps you begin to see some patterns in your life and relationship to other people. Yeah. So find a couple. So if you have, so if the friend who just says, no, you're great, they're not the friend you should ask. Mm -hmm. And you should tell them like, like come back to me, give them the freedom, come back mm -hmm. to me when you have something. Yeah. And they may know, but they don't feel like you're safe to tell. I know I'm not, I have not always been safe. I'm not safe mm -hmm. to tell. Yeah. I mean, All I, just, the time. I had that situation this past week with someone I love and I was in a situation that I kept saying, no, just tell me, just tell me. And I kept saying, I don't think I should because I don't think that it's going to bring a positive end to our relationship. Was it me? No, no, it oh, wasn't you. <laughs> you can't use stories about me and say them and then it's me right but here. Since you're feeling guilty, maybe, you know, no, God is like no. speaking to you. If, we've, if, we, if there's any patterns we've established is that that is a weakness in my own life that I need to help identifying unhealthy patterns. I can be self-destructive by nature. Um because I think I am impulsive and, and emotional and then logical and I swing with that and I've got to like really adjust and become more of a stronger person. Um, with that said, I, th I think that's kind of a good little thing for today. Yeah, so I just encourage you to uh, look at those two things in your life, contact tracing and, and pattern recognition and begin to develop those two strengths. You'll go a long way in developing what we would call wisdom. Yeah, and don't become pattern recognition um, uh, monsters trolls trolls <laughs> like like start with yourself yeah not, don't start recognizing all the patterns of the people yeah that might be that might mean the pattern in your life is condemnation <laughs> do a do a pattern autopsy before you go and do it with anyone else yeah and get tough skin like if you cry immediately after the first like no one's gonna ever want to tell you anything ever <laughs> So like go in, have your good cry, have your good moment in the mirror, like you're a horrible person and this person's gonna tell you, mm -hmm. and then let the other person surprise you. So can I marry this full circle? Oh no. You, you, I, you used to be a bad loser. Such a bad you're, you're loser. Not, you're not so bad now. You're good, I was, you're a good winner, but not a bad loser. And I think what, part of the reason some is of Is that a compliment? I'm not entirely sure. Some of the reasons some of your friends probably tried to um, egg you on about the election is that they were hoping to emit a negative response from you <laughs> well it was interesting because yeah, so to, yeah because you because but you have to lose with honor even if a person doesn't win with humility you can't let the lack of humility in winning justify a lack of honor in losing yes so that's a pattern i would love for all of us to recognize I endorse this message <laughs> will the republican party recognize their own patterns i think the republican party like Myself, not saying I'm Republican, but saying more conservative. I think they're going to be thankful for the change, <laughs> <laughs> and I think they've. I think they're going to have to go back at it and going like, I have four years. We have four years mm -hmm. to make an adjustment. Well, really, they'll they'll have to deal with it for two because the, the, yeah. the it doesn't matter. Well, through this process, I had the opportunity to have meaningful conversations with people on the Biden campaign, mm -hmm. and I hope that in the next few years, I'll get to have meaningful conversations with people in the Republican Party. Uh, because I would love to see two incredibly healthy parties uh, continue to emerge that um, both are committed to making our nation 
better and better. I would love to see a third party come up there. That would be probably a really healthy thing to create a little fear. And so that, you know, nothing can bring change. Let's call it motivation. Motivation. A healthy motivational competition. Because mm-hmm. I do think we have two parties that are stuck in their ways and they're old thinking. Neither one of them are perfect. Neither one of them make America what it's going to, what it should be. And we've got to make some adjustments. Yeah. Oh, there's so many places I'm stopping myself from going. Because I think Why? it's time for us to bring this. No, I don't want to stop. What? Okay, on the fine. next episode of on the Bad next Already episode Podcast. of Bad Already Podcast, you can rate and review this podcast on iTunes. If you do it, we are so grateful. Um, it, it it helps people. It helps the searchability. Um, if you're part of the Bad Already fam and you've emailed, write a review on iTunes. If you follow the Instagram at Bad Already Podcast on IG, that I post to it. Brian supplies a lot of the content, but a lot of it is my rogue self just like figuring it out. Quite so rogue. super, super rogue. The most rogue podcast we have, but the like engagement is insane and people are like unreal. So I love it so much. Send us DMs, <laughs> send us emails, send us comments. And we probably should drop some more merch before, before, con- before, not conference, before um, Christmas. Um, but I think we're going to jump right into the next episode recording it. So All right. we will see you next week. Thank you so much. You were listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. <laughs>